At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again, winning edition of the HHC, although it was quite the route to victory the Hornets were on. They win in Indiana 114-97, to despite having one of the worst shooting days for their tandem of guards in the entire season, plus losing the services of the former All-Star Gordon Hayward for the entire second half. And, oh, by the way, they already had an additional injury coming into the day. Great, great win for the Hornets. We will break it down for you here. Also, we're going to talk about what should the nickname be for this Hornets team and their ability down the stretch. There was, I don't know if it was a suggestion, but a name thrown out there by The Athletic a couple of days ago, and, well, I'll tell it to you later, and we'll let you decide what you think of it. And finally, how this team will adjust to those aforementioned injuries moving forward. A lot of question marks going into the next game in Boston. We'll talk about that as well. Helping me on all these topics, Rob Longo, producer for the Hornets Radio Network, back with us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. And, Rob, let's get right into it. Let's start with the comments from James Borrego because he used his center square word from J.B. Bingo early and often. Resiliency was the name of the game yesterday for the Hornets in that big win over the Pacers. That was the name of this game. You know, it showed resiliency again, this team on a back-to-back against a team that we're competing with. Uh, We've not fared well here in Indiana. You guys have been following us the last couple years. This has not been an easy building for us to to come and win. And and our guys stepped up. We found a way somehow, some way. We had guys out. We had a number of guys out. We have starters out. We have scoring out. And this team just continues to fight and figure it out. And I'm extremely proud. This is probably one of the most proud wins of the season for me. On a back-to-back like this, coming from – Brooklyn, all the way out here, just to continue to fight to figure it out. I'm just extremely proud of them. They showed 
their resiliency. Uh, they reformed themselves today, and we got a, a big-time win. So couldn't be more proud of them. And it's not like we shot the lights out tonight. We didn't win this by shooting. We were eight for 31 from three, it looks like. And somehow, some way, we got a win. So fantastic defense and just an overall competitive spirit. To be honest, Rob, it's a bit of a head-scratcher how on earth they won this game because they didn't have Malik Monk. Okay, so Miles Bridges is going to be that spark plug off the bench. We'll talk more about him in a moment. That fills in that role. Then Gordon Hayward's hurt and can't come out for the second half. So now Miles Bridges has to fill that role. Plus, Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier, two of the best shooters in the NBA, combined to go two for 17 from three. So now Miles has to fill that role, too. He wore all kinds of hats in this W, and yet somehow, someway, the Hornets find a path to victory. When I was looking at this game in the first half, I looked at it as it was foul shooting at that point, which was, I think, the difference at that point just because the Hornets had so many more foul shot attempts than Indiana, but then the Hornets couldn't hit a foul shot in the third quarter. I mean, I think you mentioned at one point on the broadcast, they're called free throws for a reason, people. But either way, that was kind of the MO the first half of the game. And then in the second half, I think it just amounted to turnovers. I mean, the Hornets turned the ball over 10 times, which is relatively low for this Charlotte team as of late, probably over the last month, I would say. I mean, it's been a little bit heavy with turnovers, so you're obviously going to love just seeing only 10 turnovers on the board. Again, the Pacers shot better percentage-wise from the floor, 46% compared to 45, so it's not a huge difference, but then they ended up hitting 30% from three, hitting two more three-pointers than the Hornets did. So, again, just a head-scratcher all around, and the Pacers even out-rebounded the Hornets too. So I can't put my finger on this. If I could, maybe I would be in a different chair here at Spectrum Center, but I'm not in the analytics department or anything like that or the scouting department for a reason. Well, I'm a big believer that the field goal attempts column is more important than the field goal percentage one, and that's one that the Hornets won soundly. 94 field goal attempts compared to 82 for the Pacers, and that was because of a combination of things. One, Hornets had more offensive rebounds than the Pacers did, 11 compared to 9, and far fewer turnovers, only 10 turnovers by the Hornets compared to 20 by the Pacers. Still, though, someone needed to put the ball in the basket, and that man, particularly in the second quarter, was Miles Bridges. Hayward, bounce pass off for Miles Bridges. Bridges, harassed by Levert, two seconds left, fall away three on the way, got it! The triple! Goes for Miles Bridges. Pacers can't get the final shot off. He ends up with 16 points in that second quarter alone. A season-high 23 for him, and he had 10 rebounds for a double-double. Miles Bridges was the star of the night. At one point at halftime, he was 4-5 or shooting, and that was all in that second quarter. 4-5 or shooting beyond the arc. The rest of the team was 1-13, of so he really carried the Hornets in that second quarter. It was Gordon Hayward in the first quarter. We'll talk a lot more about Gordon here, unfortunately, here later on in the podcast. But Gordon with a great first quarter. Miles with a great second quarter. Third quarter was just kind of a toss-up in the air a little bit. Miles still got his a little bit for the most part in terms of what he was able to accomplish from the floor scoring-wise. And then the fourth quarter, it was just kind of a collective effort. I think a lot of it was with Brad Wanamaker as well. He had a really good game coming off the bench, and he was able to shoulder the load a little bit down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Brad really was even throughout the game. He is someone who had been mentioned after the Malik Monk injury as someone who might step in, and and I looked at it more as he was going to fill in minutes, not necessarily fill in scoring, but last night he did both. Brad Wanamaker penetrates, gathers up off the glass, got it to go! Brad Wanamaker, 13 today! 
Hornets lead by 10 again. And those were some tough buckets down the stretch, too. And the thing I kept thinking after you interviewed him postgame and just kind of reflecting on the game and how these injuries are starting to mount up, Mitch Kupchak, man, he is something else. Who would have thought that this would be the state of the depth of point guard on the roster right now with Malik Monk and LaMelo Ball going down? The fact that Mitch was able to make that trade and get a quality depth guy like Brad Wanamaker on the roster, I think that kind of proved its weight in gold tonight. It certainly did, and it was a free player. It was someone Golden State was willing to give away for potentially four or five years from now, maybe the second or third to last second round pick if it were to fall there. It was a great deal made to add some depth to this team and a guy who's had some postseason experience, has been around the block a little bit, has something he does extremely well, namely free throw shooting and defense, but also clearly can add in with points too. You mentioned his comments after the game. Let's hear from Brad Wanamaker on what this win shows about this team. Toughness. You know, we went out there, we battled. That's a tough team right there. But we wanted to bounce back from our game last night and just be aggressive. You know, with them guys, you know, it's like that in the NBA. Some days you make shots, some days you miss. As long as you play hard and aggressive, uh, you get yourself a chance to win. Hornets definitely did that. 114-97, to they end up pulling away from the Pacers. Won't qualify as a clutch time victory, but the Hornets once again showed their medal in the fourth quarter, and the Pacers showed what's really been the biggest issue for this team all throughout the season. Indiana, if you look at the statistics, Over the course of the season, a lot of people, and I'm one of them, believes very much in the point differential column. The better you are in that column, the better team you tend to be. The Pacers have been a better team in point differential than the Hornets basically the entire season. They still have a better point differential than the Hornets do at this stage, and yet the reason there are about four games back in the standings is the Hornets are the number one team in clutch time, and the Pacers are somewhere around 28. So Charlotte takes this win. They do it on a night where Gordon Hayward was only able to play 19 minutes. A sprained foot will look for hopefully good news on him in the days to come. On a night where Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham combined to go 9 for 38 from the field, 2 for 17 from 3, that's 11%. That's both of them together. Two for 17. And yet, showing how good those guys are in terms of impacting winning, despite having combined one of the worst shooting days of the year, they were still a plus 46 on the floor. How about those Hornets? They take the win by a final score of 114 to 97. So, Hornets win in a clutch ish time performance once again. Might need to come up with a nickname here for this Hornet squad. There was maybe a nominee put forth by the Athletic. I don't particularly like it, but it talks about the Hornets playing in clutch time. We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hopcast. Hornets fans, during the month of April, the Charlotte Hornets and their official hunger relief partner, Food Lion Feeds, are launching the 2021 Dunk Hunger Food Drive to benefit Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina. The Bridges who throws it down with a right hand. For every Hornets dunk this month, slams it down with two hands. Food Lion will donate 1,000 meals. Terry Rozier throws it down over Kevin Durant. For more information on how you can help Food Lion and the Hornets dunk hunger, visit hornets.com slash dunk hunger. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, the Hornets have been talked about all throughout the season for their ability to win in the clutch. It's the reason they're the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. It's not the, the totality of their ability to dominate play. Uh, quite frankly, as we've seen in recent weeks here, they, they've had games where they just really got pounded by some elite teams, and there's no shame in losing by 20-plus to a squad like Brooklyn or Denver 
or the Lakers or the Clippers. You don't necessarily want to see it, but, I mean, they do that to a lot of teams. But it's the Hornets' ability, better than any other team this year or maybe ever, to win in the clutch that has this squad currently in fourth place. And there's been a lot written about it. One of the articles coming out recent days was in The Athletic, and The Athletic had this quote to say. I'll tell you the nickname that I don't like, but I'll give you the quote first. Look at those Hornets. Across the last 10 years of play, no team has overperformed in the clutch to as great a degree as Charlotte has to this point this year. This is either extremely impressive or worrisome for Charlotte as the teams that tend to most overperform their clutch entries are the teams who perform best in non-clutch games. I don't think there's any reason to worry about it. Personally, this is a Hornets team that is ahead of schedule. So the overall scoring ability, talent, whatever you want to call it, is going to rise as this roster matures. We're not seeing right now the absolute best of P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, a lot of these younger guys, they're still on the ascent. They're going to become even better basketball players. So even if nothing is added to this roster, which is very unlikely, but even if it's just this core staying together for another year or two, their level of play is going to continue to grow. And the thing that is hardest to learn for young players is how to win in the clutch and win in the playoffs. Hornets haven't had a chance to show they know how to win in the playoffs yet. Hopefully they'll get that opportunity at the end of this season. But winning the clutch, they're doing it better than any team in the NBA does right now. I think there's a couple of factors that play into this. I think the first thing, first and foremost, is the coaching. James Brago's done a great job prepping his players. We had Rick Bedell on a podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about how James Brago and his staff get ready for those crunch time moments where – They look at analytics and those sort of things. Who exactly do we need to send to the foul line? Those sorts of things where might not be easily conveyed in a 30-second timeout with a minute and a half left in the clock, and it's a one-possession game and things like that. So first and foremost, I give credit to James Borrego. Secondly, I think a lot of it has to do with the defense. When it gets down to business, for the most part, this Hornets team really is able to clamp down defensively. We saw that in the fourth quarter last night as well. Heck, Devontae Graham, he might have not shot the ball very well last night, but he ended up having a career-high five steals. So he played really well defensively, even though he might have not been shooting well. And I think the third thing is that another thing that James Bragg always harps on is this team doesn't really have a lot of expectations or sets a lot of lofty goals for themselves. They just go out and play. They take it game by game. And I think the fact that they don't put a lot of pressure on themselves has a big part to do with it as well. Yeah, expectations will certainly bring pressure naturally in the future, but learning to play under the pressure that naturally comes in these kinds of moments, I mean, when when you get to clutch time, you're not thinking, well, they've got an all-star in Demonis Sabonis on the other side, or the, you know, they're, they're the team that's been to the playoffs, so they're supposed to do better. You're a player on the floor trying to win a basketball game. The article in The Athletics, the main title is Hornets Historic Clutch Play, parentheses, and Damian Lillard's. And then there's other stuff that the article talks about. But the subhead specifically around the Hornets is this. Heartburn Hornets, Dame Time, share spotlight late in games. Heartburn Hornets, I don't think, encapsulates what this team does when they're playing in those clutch moments. We're going to have to work on that one. Now, the term that I've used a couple of times is heart attack Hornets. 
Probably not very much better I at that like point. like a heart attack either. Well, no, but, I mean, it was cardiac Kemba for how long here in Charlotte, too? So, I mean, I don't think there's any sort of good way to get around a nickname. I think I got one. Let's hear it. The High Wire Hornets. Okay, I can get behind that. A High Wire act is, is death-defying. There's a lot of drama. There is some nerves, certainly, <laughs> in those situations. But when you watch an act, you expect the person to get from one end of the wire to the other end of the wire without falling off, even though you know the risk is certainly there. So I think high wire hornets is the appropriate term for this team. What do you think? I could buy some stock into it. It sounds like you're trying to pitch some sort of halftime show next season when the hive is whole where we have the i just want i want you know a slogan on a t-shirt and and just see that take off well what's the family that does the the high wire acts the the flying melendas the melendas yeah are you trying to get the melendas to tightrope across the floor at spectrum center i'd be too nervous it's too stressful for me yeah those people are nuts and i'm also afraid of heights so that's just a double l on my part we're not putting you on the high wire anytime but uh, high wire hornets i'll I'll tweet it out we'll see i like it i like it we'll see what kind of response we get so the high wire hornets uh, perform again in the clutch and in a particularly difficult situation considering all of the injuries which continue to build how will the hornets handle this moving forward we'll talk about that next here on the hornets Hivecast. Buzz City, it's time to return to the Hive. There are a limited number of socially distanced tickets available for each game. Fans can expect enhanced cleaning and disinfection procedures and an upgraded ventilation system at Spectrum Center because the health and safety of the team, staff, and guests is the top priority at the Hive. Be there at Spectrum Center for a Sunday matinee April 11th when the Hornets host Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks at 1 p.m. Tickets on sale now at Hornets.com. Sam Far- Barbara and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets, a big win on the road at the Indiana Pacers, 114-97. to But it comes with a cost. After the game in Brooklyn, not two days ago, the team lost Malik Monk, at least temporarily, due to a sprained ankle. James Borrego, the head coach, didn't really want to go into how severe it was or how long the prognosis was. And Gordon Hayward going out to a sprained foot again immediately after the game. There wasn't much of a timeline set. But let's just assume for the sake of argument, Rob, that the team's going to have to play the next game against Boston without Malik Monk and without Gordon Hayward. The adrenaline of the moment seemed to carry them through the Pacers and able to push Indiana back despite the home team making a couple of runs and getting it down to a two-possession game a couple of times there. But this is going to become more difficult having to do it for an entire game. We saw with the Lakers, you know, without their two superstars, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that's a very different team. That's kind of an obvious statement. But, you know, any team is going to have trouble when they lose two significant pieces, and the Hornets are now down three. I think it goes back to what we saw a little bit on that West Coast trip where we saw some players go down with Gordon Hayward getting hurt in Utah like he did, sitting a couple of games. At that point, you still had LaMelo Ball. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, you got you haven't played with LaMelo in 10 days. So it's going to be difficult, and you know, no one said it was going to be easy, and that's just kind of what James Borrego alluded to after the game and a lot of the players, too. I think a lot of it at this point now is just trying to get the mental side of things in order. It's one thing to obviously have some bumps and bruises and have some guys hurt, but with the players left that are healthy, how does this affect them mentally knowing that they just don't have the playmakers on the floor that maybe they are usually used to? Terry Rozier talked about it a lot in the postgame press conference last night about just how 
mentally draining it can be at times, and he's been on teams like that in the past. So that's one of the things that I look at and evaluate, and I'm sure there's several other factors as well. And I think the biggest thing at this point right now is just trying to get some rotations and get some chemistry on the floor because we saw a couple of interesting combinations in last night's game down the stretch in Indiana. James Borrego, head coach of the Hornets, he talked after last night's victory about how they'll handle injuries moving forward. Yeah, I think it's a couple things. Just next man up mentality. Everybody stay ready. You never know when your number's going to get called. And it's just, you know, an overall resilient group. That, that's our character. That's how we're built. We don't make excuses. We don't hide from the truth. We deal with it. We move forward. And tonight we did the same thing, you know. Gordon was having a heck of a game, uh, playing extremely well there in the first half. We lost him at halftime, and we could have crumbled. We could have given in. We could have given to this season a long time ago, man. We could have given in a long time ago. This group will not give in. We're here to stay. We're not going anywhere. We'll keep fighting, keep clawing, keep scratching. I think he's right. I think the effort is always going to be there. They embody so many of the traits from their head coach, James Borrego, and and they are not going to give up. But at a certain point, you have to acknowledge the fact that this team is down three significant players for the moment, at least for the, for the sake of this argument here, we are assuming that well, clearly LaMelo Ball is not going to be back for the Boston game. Let's assume Malik Monk is not going to be back. And let's assume for the sake of this argument that Gordon Hayward wouldn't be there. How do you fill that gap against a Boston team that has been very Jekyll and Hyde this season? They are very difficult to figure out. On the one hand, you've got two all-stars on that roster in Tatum and Brown, who at times are spectacular, uh, other times are very confusing. They have Kemba Walker, who we all know here in the Queen City just how good he can be. And they've got some really good role players as well. I love the draft pick they made, adding Peyton Pritchard as a backup point guard. You've got Marcus Smart, who is a high-quality point guard as well. You've got Robert Williams III, who had a breakout game potentially the other night against Houston. This is a team that's going to present some challenges, and they are overall healthier than the Hornets are. And, oh, by the way, they're still adding to their team, adding Evan Fournier for Boston. That was a, a big move there. He had 23 points in their win over Houston last night. So uh, this is a difficult Celtics team that's loaded up a little bit more than the Hornets are right now with Charlotte taking these injuries as of late. Yeah, we'll get into more of the Boston preview in tomorrow's podcast. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, and subscribe, all that fun stuff. But this Boston team is really, like you said, Jekyll and Hyde, but they got that fresh blood injected at the trade deadline, adding a couple of more pieces like Evan Fournier. So it's interesting to see how the Hornets are going to be able to stack up against a team of that caliber. I don't want to say with the record because the Celtics are trailing the Hornets in the standings, and that's just kind of how the season has gone for Boston, just so up and down, left and right, sideways. It seems like Brad Stevens really values his point guards and his guard play just based on the pieces that they've added. So it's an interesting matchup in that aspect because, you know, three weeks ago when you were looking forward to this Boston series, you're thinking this is going to be a really good game coming up here just because you got guys like LaMelo Ball going up against Kemba Walker and the other point guards and that sort of thing. And then now all of a sudden you're down to 
two point guards in Devontae Graham, who did play very well last night, and Brad Wanamaker, who played solid last night coming off the bench. But when do you run out of gas, I guess, is kind of the question. And James Brago talked about it in postgame last night about shifting Miles Bridges around to different spots on the floor, maybe moving him to the three, even though he usually plays to the floor. And P.J. Washington hasn't played his best ball as of late either, and he's usually a guy that can kind of swing in at a four spot or as a stretch five. So there's a lot of question marks, not only in the backcourt, but now in the frontcourt all of a sudden as well. I have no doubt in Miles Bridges' ability to fill that top scorer off the bench role. The one that was Devontae Graham's when LaMelo Ball was healthy, the one that slid to Malik Monk after the LaMelo Ball injury and now falls to Miles. Miles is absolutely capable of being the spark plug off the bench. More often than not, he's going to do it with his athleticism and his ability to rush the basket. But he showed last night that he can also do it shooting from deep the same way Malik, maybe not the exact same way, but a similar way to Malik has done previously in that job. I think the concern for Boston, and as you mentioned, we'll have our full preview podcast tomorrow, so make sure you tune in, like, subscribe, all that stuff that Rob just said. The two keys to me, assuming the health isn't there, is one, you have to minimize the gap against the starters. That starting group for Boston has been exceptional. As I mentioned, they have two All-Stars, and they both are deserved All-Stars based off the statistics that they've put forth. Jason Tatum, the numbers that he has been able to post over the course of his career, you know, 25 points per game this season, his best average of his career, and he was 23 the year before. And now with you know, more opportunity or at least taking more opportunity and making the most of it. Jalen Brown also playing at that all-star level, second straight year for him being a 20-plus point per game. But when you get into the bench, there's not as much there there. So, you know, wins for Boston tend to be because the starting five just blows the other starting five out of the water, and then they try and survive those bench minutes the best they can. So for the Hornets, you got to minimize the damage from the starting group, especially if these injuries still linger, and then the bench has to step up and dominate. Miles Bridges has to be big again for the Hornets to get a win over Boston. I think that's the key. And there's other statistical measures we'll have an eye on, and we'll, of course, have all those for you tomorrow here on the Hornets Hivecast. For now, that's going to do it for us. Rob, thanks for joining me again. As always, I had so much fun. Let's do it again tomorrow. We shall indeed. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. We'll have that preview podcast for you tomorrow as the Hornets take on the Boston Celtics. First of three matchups this month, and it will be another pivotal one because, of course, it is a very crowded field right now in the Eastern Conference. Four through ten, really, uh, well, four through nine is separated by three to four games, depending on uh, how things shake out on any given night, but for now the last week and a half, really, the Hornets have maintained their spot at number four. They control their own destiny, and they continue to plow forward despite all the injuries and adversity they face. We look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us, and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.